You're listening to Overcome the Overwhelm for Special Needs Moms with Lauren Lowry. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back to Overcome the Overwhelm. This is the podcast where special needs moms get the support they deserve. Because by gosh, we deserve support, (laughs) y'all. If you're new here, welcome. I'm really glad to have you. I am the host of this podcast. I am Lauren Lowry, and I just want to say that whether this is the first time you're listening in or the 120th time you're listening in, that I'm glad to, I'm glad you found it. I'm glad you were here, and I hope that this episode can help you, even if it's in just one small way, even just one little golden nugget that you take out of it. I just want you to kind of think about this situation and the things that we talk about in this episode. And even if it's not exactly what your life is like and what you are experiencing, although a lot of times I I think it's all pretty relatable, (laughs) but even if it's not exactly what you are going through, we can still say, huh, where am I facing something similar within my own life? Or how can I apply this to my own life? and what I'm going through. So I want you to just kind of think about that as you listen into this episode. Because today, I am actually going to be doing kind of a a Q&A of sorts. So I have a guinea pig um, who volunteered to submit some written coaching and have a podcast episode done over it. So I'm super excited and I'm very thankful Thank you so much. You know who you are for letting me use this. And, you know, I'm not, of course, going to share names, but being vulnerable because it is it is a scary thing to share our most inner thoughts and fears and right, like just to kind of share that and get that out there in the world. And it can come with some judgment or like you're afraid that people are going to judge you. And right. But here's the thing that you need to know about coaching. If you do not know this is that it is a 100% judgment-free zone. As a coach, my job is to absolutely never judge you (laughs) because I've, I've heard it all, guys. I'm really not phased by anything and shame and judgment and all of that is really just an emotion and I understand it in such a way that I'm like, no, no, that's just not even, we're not gonna go there. We don't judge, right? And I really like to teach my clients that to not judge themselves, to really just say, oh, okay, it's okay. I'm just a human who has a brain that has sentences that go through it sometimes, and sometimes they're kind of crappy. Sometimes they're kind of mean. Sometimes they're kind of awful, but it's just my brain doing its silly brain thing. (laughs) So let's jump in. I'm going to read you the written coaching that she has submitted. So she says, lately, I have been struggling to balance my two kids' differing needs. My busy schedule as a physician, where I also regularly take call overnight, and just life in general. I have five-year-old twin boys, one with cerebral palsy and one without. And I'm falling behind in my son's, my son with CP's care. My husband is a stay-at-home dad, and He does a lot in regards to the medical care, but he feels overwhelmed by it all as well. 
I have this nagging feeling as though I am falling behind and I am failing my child. But I just don't know how to get it all done. There's not enough time in the day. Ah, listen, guys. You know when I said that to just kind of apply what I say and apply it to your own life from this episode, uh, here's the deal. I think that this is probably, I mean, if I had to sum up majority of the things that I coach on, it is scenarios like this. This is a lot of times how motherhood can feel, right? Like we have all these spinning plates going on. We have all this all these different things that we've got to keep spinning up on these sticks, right? Kind of like the spinning plates act. And if one of them falls, it's going to crash and it's going to break into a million pieces and that would be awful. And we just can't keep it all up, but we don't have a choice. And that is motherhood, or at least what we've been told motherhood should be like, right? And so I just want to say to the lovely volunteer who wrote this in that you are not oh my gosh you are not alone you are so not alone because this is just kind of almost what motherhood has become for everyone whether you are a special needs mom or not whether your child has cerebral palsy or autism or adhd or a cardi goodier syndrome or whatever or just nothing. Motherhood has become this idea that we have to be it all. And we have to do all of the things 100% and 100% of the time, right? So I digress, but let's go back. So whenever we are looking at this, we really just want to gain some awareness. And what we want to do is we want to just start by finding the facts, we got to say, like, hey, you're not alone here. These are all just a lot of thoughts, though. Our thoughts are not facts. That is just the number one thing you have to first remember is that our thoughts are not facts. They may feel true. They definitely may feel true. And our emotions can be really strong because our thoughts create our emotions, right? Sometimes we have a thought, and whenever that thought creates a really strong emotion— We take it as truth. We think that, oh man, I really feel very just shameful about how I'm showing up in motherhood, so it must be true. But that is not, that is actually not true. That just because the emotion behind it is strong does not make the thought true. And I think whenever you are feeling this way, if you're feeling like you are failing, like you're falling behind, it can be very helpful to just literally list out and get factual with it. So what are the facts here? So even just looking at this writing, I don't, you know, I don't know all the details. We don't know all of the details from just this. We know that she has two five-year-old boys. They are twins. One has cerebral palsy and one does not. She works X amount of hours per week. She's on call X amount of times per month. We don't know. But, you know, if she was here in front of me, I could ask her those things. We could fill in those blanks. Because you want to get very factual about your individual situation. And literally list out, I work 50 hours per week. I am on call three times per month. Husband is a stay-at-home dad. That is another fact there. Right? Her son has medical needs. 
We can pull that out. That is it. That really is it. Because busy schedule, that is not a fact. That is a thought. Does that mean that her schedule is not jam-packed and every single minute is accounted for? No. But the word busy is an adjective or an adverb. I don't know. We're not going to go into English right now. But, you know, it is a descriptive. And whenever we have a descriptive word, that is a good sign that it is a thought, not a fact. So she has a schedule. She probably has a clinic schedule that has patients on it, right? So this helps take away, whenever we do this exercise and we get very factual about it, it helps take away the emotional charge that we have behind our own stories. You can actually do this yourself. You can write out something similar to what I just read to you. Write out what you're struggling with and then go back through and pull out the facts, and ask yourself if you know how you know it's a thought or how you know it's a fact is, would this hold up in the court of law? I mean, the sky is blue. The grass is green. I have a schedule with patients on it. My child has CP. He is five years old. Right? Things that are not facts. The sky is pretty. The grass is really needing to be mowed, you know? My son is really hyper. My son is really emotional, whatever, you know? Like, my child is crazy, whatever you want to put there, right? Those are all thoughts (laughs) that we have about our facts. So whenever we pull that out and we're taking away the emotional charge of our story, and then we can kind of look at it from a different perspective, perspective. We can kind of turn it on its head, right? We can start poking holes in that story. We can start finding a different way to look at it or finding just a different solution. Because sometimes whenever we are overwhelmed, our brain is shut off from that that little part that is able to problem solve. That part of us that is able to think of different solutions, potential solutions to a problem. That part is cut off whenever we are overwhelmed and stressed out. We got all these things going on and we feel like we're failing. We're beating ourselves up for it. We feel shameful. We feel like a bad mom. Then, of course, you're going to feel like crap because you can't access the part of your brain that can help you fix it. So you just want to remember that whatever you think about the world that is creating your experience. And how our brains work is that we have a circumstance, which is like a fact of our life, right? Something that is just in our life. Again, going back, it would uphold in the court of law. And our brains take that and they interpret it. They create a little story about it. Because our brains think in stories. They don't think in facts. They think in stories. And whatever story that your brain is automatically going to tell you, right? That's going to determine how you feel. And how you feel is going to influence what you do, what you don't do, your actions, your inactions, how you respond, how you interact with others. So how this mom is interacting with her family, how this mom is interacting with her staff at work or her patients at work how this mom is just treating herself, 
will be affected. And it's the same for all of us. Bless her for being a guinea pig on this. Because I'm, I'm always the guinea pig. <laughs> I love it when someone else volunteers. <laughs> because it's just, we have to take the weight off of this, guys. We have to just normalize the struggle. Because it's okay. It's okay to say, hey, I need help. It's okay to say, hey, I'm not doing the best job. Or, hey, I think I'm failing. It's okay to say that. Because then I can say, hey, let me help you. Either make changes and also see that you're not doing as bad of a job as you think you are. Because when we start noticing what is going on, how we're thinking, that story our brain is telling us, how we're feeling, what we're doing, we start gaining that awareness. Then we can finally see the root cause of it all. And we can start solving for that versus just trying to solve for, oh, I snapped and I yelled at my child again. I'm trying to just not yell and just by using sheer willpower to hold it in whenever just, you know, he's having a meltdown about something just really stupid and I just got home from a 12-hour shift and I'm exhausted and everything's going wrong and I lose it and I snap and I yell at him. You know, she did not say this in this, but I'm just, I'm going off on what I hear a lot of times happens. We try to solve for that. We try to solve for the symptom of everything. And then we can't figure out why it doesn't work. Why we can't make any changes in our lives. It's because we're not solving for the root problem. You have to address the root of the issue. Right? It goes back to that, oh, well, I was feeling really stressed and overwhelmed. That's why I snapped and I lost my shit and I yelled at my kids, right? Or yelled at my staff, <laughs> right? And then, okay, well, what were you thinking in that moment that was really making you feel overwhelmed? But that awareness of what is the real root of the problem, that is equal to control. Because when we are unaware of our mental stories, we end up letting our lives be controlled by our circumstances and by that survival brain that is overwhelmed and stressed out and anxious and the world's on fire, right? We let it be the operator of everything we do. It's driving the car. We don't want that. We do not want that part of our brain driving the car, guys. Okay? It's time that we get back in control. It's time that you get back in control of your life and say, no, I cannot live this way. It is not sustainable. This is awful. It feels like crap. I want to do better. I want to be better. Right? So in this scenario, let's, let's get really dialed in to why she's feeling overwhelmed. Why are you feeling overwhelmed here? And we can really do that by putting words to it. Whenever we are overwhelmed, our brain just has a lot swirling around. It can't make sense of everything. So it can be very, very beneficial to list it out or to talk it over with somebody or both to write it out and vocalize it. I do this a lot in coaching sessions, actually, is where we just talk, okay, what isn't getting done that you want to be doing or that you think should be getting done? It might be something like, oh, I'm not doing, you know, I'm not putting the hand splints on my child every day like I'm supposed to. Uh, he's not going, doing time in the stander. I have needed to do 
to make a phone call to follow up with a specialist that we have a referral into, but I just haven't done it. I need to, you know, and you make a list of everything that you aren't doing or aren't doing regularly that you think should be getting done. And if it's like, well, I'm not doing it enough. Okay, let's really get very factual here. What is enough? Is it once a day? Is it three times a day? How long is it? You know, thinking about like hand splints, therapies, all those different things. Like what is the ideal amount? And so whenever you really get put all of that in front of your brain, it's like, oh, okay. And it moves your brain from the survival part of it up to the prefrontal cortex, up to the part that actually can access higher level thinking and problem solve, right? And it also lets you see where you are. You know, if you want to think about like gap versus gain, I hate to use that in the sense of like everything we have going on as moms. But just for this, just bear with me. Take it with a grain of salt here. I'm not saying, oh, you are you know, falling behind. You're not, no, no, that's not it. It's just like, okay, where are you at now? Where do you want to be? Because if we don't know where the heck we're going, we can't get there. That's like trying to get somewhere in a completely different state without a map. Good luck. Probably be a lot harder. You don't even know where you're going or not even in a different state. You don't know where you're going. You don't know where the destination is. Like you don't have a name for it. That's what it's like then you're always going to be lost, right? I don't know where I'm going. Yeah, you're lost. You don't even know what town you're heading towards. So you have to define where it is that you want to be. So what isn't getting done that you want to be doing? And then on the flip side of that, what is getting done that you think should be getting done? What all are you doing? Okay, well, you know, I am, I'm not missing any patients. In my, in my practice, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm feeding my kids breakfast every morning before I go to work. That's something I do, you know, right? Like my husband, he does this because that is still part of your household. What is getting done that should be getting done? Because we have to count for that. And we have to show our brains, hey, we're not failing as much as we think we are. Our brains are only seeing what we're not doing. Never conveniently just never sees all that we do get accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> so after you do that and you make that list, I would just ask yourself, okay, here are the things that I do think I should be doing more regularly. And this is why. And list out why those particular things are important. What is the benefits of them? What could potentially happen if you didn't get them done? Because that's going to help you prioritize. That is going to help you say and decide where to allocate your very precious time because you don't have a whole lot of free time and that's okay. We're going to handle it, right? Because whenever we do this, we can start to see maybe we're doing all this other stuff that isn't as important. But this thing over here that we should be doing but we're not doing as regularly it really does need to be getting done more, right? We can learn how to prioritize things in our life and put our energy and our time where it matters most. So you look at that and you start prioritizing and then you can decide, okay, I just want you to pick one single thing. You know, if this is a Thursday or Friday, what is one single thing 
that you can do by Sunday that would benefit your special needs child? Because if that's where you're particularly feeling like you're falling behind, and in this situation it is because I know a little bit more information, but if that is where you feel as though you're falling behind, just pick one single thing. And your brain is going to try to tell you it's not enough. And just just ignore that, right? Just tell your brain it's okay. Because whenever our brains see all that we should be doing, this whole big list, it's going to freak out. It's going to panic. It's going to say, that's impossible. I can't do it. It's going to shut down. And you're going to get nothing done. But by doing just one single thing, it's going to show your brain that you can get things done. It's going to show your brain, oh, okay, this isn't so bad. I got one thing done. It's going to have accomplishment in it. It's going to feel energized by that. It's going to feel some momentum by just doing that one little thing. You know, is it maybe that's putting on his hand splints or doing that time in the stander or reading a book to him, whatever it is. What is one single thing? And plan it. Put it on your calendar. When are you going to do it? You have it between now and Sunday, Sunday night. Okay, is that Saturday morning? Is it Saturday afternoon? Is it Friday night? Is it Sunday morning? When are you going to put it on your calendar? And that is how you build momentum. And whatever your brain is like, it's not enough. Trust me. This process, you won't be doing just that one single thing. Because your brain is going to learn from this process. It's going to help just divide up all of that big old jumble mess that it has going on in your brain and helps make sense of it. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And the goal here is to show your brain that the world is not on fire. The goal here is to show your brain that you can do it. And now lastly, the last thing that I want you to just mull over and I want you to really think about is what makes someone a good mom? If you're saying, you know, I feel as though I'm failing my child, I just feel like I'm not a good mom. Okay? Define what a good mom is for me. Define what a bad mom is. What makes someone a bad mom? Are you doing those things? My guess is no. My guess is that if we were to say, if I leave out the good mom part. If I was just say, hey, answer, first thing that comes to your head, what, what's a bad mom? What makes someone a bad mom? Is it going to be you're a bad mom because you yelled? Well, I think all moms yell at some point or another. Everyone yells. So, okay, we can't all be bad moms. Or maybe we just accept that. No, I'm kidding on that one. We're not all bad moms, I was saying. But, hey, we can't all be bad moms. That's what I meant by that. Is like, we can't all be bad moms. That is just scientifically impossible. It's just absolutely impossible, right? The world would not keep spinning. A bad mom, maybe they don't ever care for their children or they don't love their kids, whatever it is, you know, it's just, you have to define what makes someone a bad mom. It's not going to be not getting the splints on their hands or, you know, not getting that permission slip signed for school or not going to, not making it to every soccer practice or every appointment for your child, you know? So just define what that is for you. 
Okay, guys, I hope that you got some good nuggets of information out of this. I hope that this kind of helped you see the process of how we work through things. And if you have any questions or you want to see if coaching could help you, then go to my website and just set up a call with me. We can chat. I can literally take you through this process yourself. We can talk about what this would look like for your own situation and in your own life and help you decide, is coaching right for me? Because maybe it's not. Maybe you, you know, need something else or maybe this is exactly what you need and I can help you figure that out. I can help you divide up all those thoughts that are swirling around in your head and kind of get them straightened out and help you make a decision. (laughs) So LowryLifeCoaching.com and forward slash the village. That is the quickest way to probably get to that link. So all right, guys, I love you and I hope you have an amazing rest of your week and I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of Overcome the Overwhelm. If you have questions or like more information, head on over to LowryLifeCoaching.com and I'll see you next week.